Hey man, isn't this the camp with the crispy manty thief? I thought it was the camp where that cook's lumpy kid couldn't swim. Uh, Camp Rolling Greens? Think it's Camp New Horizons? Damn it, I even tied a ribbon around my finger so I wouldn't forget. Oh shit, look at that dick! Ooh! Here comes the spooky! What's going on, chuds and chudettes? Here comes the Spookies here with episode 8. Today, we're going to take you to Camp Arawak and talk about why some of these kids are so fucked up. We're also going to hit you with a couple new movies that are dropping and one new movie that's just finished wrapping coming out in 2020. So sit back, relax, tie your buddy to a chair, and make him listen to your second favorite podcast. What's going on, nachos? How are you doing today, Jeff? <laughs> I'm doing good, buddy. I'm doing good. So uh, we're on episode eight now. Holy shit. Yeah. Eight of them? Eight of them so far. Eight of them? We're getting close to double digits. Oh, man. You know what happens when we get to double digits? I turn into the vampire. No. So. Oh, no, I don't. Episode 25, I'm going to try to, like, I want us to set up a, like, a special edition episode Ooh. where we're going to have a guest um, and... What's going to happen is instead of reviewing a movie, we're going to play horror movie trivia. And the special guest. Can I bring my horror movie trivia? Is going to have a treat for us. I'm going to make it sort of like a. Uh, it's going to be a game. And the way it's going to work is okay. if you get a question wrong, okay. you get one point, but oh, you get tased. I think, yeah. If you get a question right. You get three points and no taste, or you cannot answer the question and you get zero points. And the person who has the most points at the end gets to choose whatever the loser has to do, which doesn't involve tasing. We're going to think of something else. But yeah, so we're going to have an episode where we just get fucking tased. Is the special guest fucking Jigsaw? <laughs> it's going to be awesome. So Now, like, no, let's just clarify this. We should have spoken this off air a little better. Uh, where are we getting tased? We're going to figure all that out. I'm hyping it up as we go. So right okay. now, this is just the announcing of what's going to happen at episode 25, which is put it several in, episodes. In my, in my charter or my pager, like nothing in the face, nothing in the junk. Nah, it's going to be like a, like a like a chest area kind of thing. Maybe in the I can side, do my hands. In the side or something. We'll figure oh, it out. Man, I'm going to piss blood, dude. Yeah, it's going to be great. But I just wanted to give you a heads up now. been thinking about it for a little while. Oh, hooray. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, before we get started on the movie... Uh, which today's movie is Sleepaway Camp. Yay! Uh, some news in the horror movie genre. Uh, Bloomhouse, which had just recently done their Halloween 2018, uh, dropped a trailer for the Invisible Man reboot. Holy shit, That's dude. coming out in 2020. This thing looks intense. Uh, like I, a fire at a circus. Intense. I only saw like a little brief segment of it. I didn't know what the fuck. I was like, another Halloween, Halloween movie? It's like, nope. <clears throat> Indivisible Man. I'm like... Which wouldn't be bad. I liked... Well, the second one wasn't so great, but the first Hollow Man with Kevin Bacon was tight. I just remember a skinless gorilla, and then... Is that Elizabeth Shue's boob, or... I think who, so. Whose boob is that? I think so. <laughs> the Karate Kid's girlfriend? Sorry, I'm, I'm mucusy. I yeah. Should have a... But so it looks really good, and while like the Hollow Man is, is a more of a modern take on the Invisible Man, this is a straight horror movie as were Hollow Man was more like a thriller. It had some some scares in it, but this one looks 
pretty fucking now, terrifying. Now, does this have anything to do with the Universal Monsters tie-in, or what are we talking here? I just assume it's kind of like a reboot, sort of how they tried to do with The Mummy with Tom Cruise, but that didn't go so well. <laughs> this looks fantastic and actually pretty fucking scary. Plus, Bloomhouse. They, they don't do wrong. I, I don't think they've dirtied me yet. 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 Uh, other news, we've got Spyglass Media Group is making a new Scream movie. What? Yeah. I don't know if it's a remake, a reboot, or a continuation of the original story. Was it pretty much a remake? Yeah, I mean, it's it was, but it made fun of remakes. So that's kind of where I'm hoping that they're going to keep going with that franchise instead of, like, they're going to just do a continuation because obviously it's like, oh, remakes are shit, right? That's what they talked about in Part 4. I don't want them to try to reboot it. That's no. the same shit. They, I mean, they make fun of all that. Like, Wes Craven did such a good so job. Long, it's weird, A, we're going to have a Wes Cravenless. You know, with any form of connection right. uh, to the Scream movie. And then B, Scream is not the franchise to turn into a generic hack and slash. Because it's the most meta e meta most meta right. of the meta It us. makes fun of the fucking right. slash and gas fucking wow, franchise. not fun, but just like a playful little nudge. Yeah, it has fun with them. Yes. I mean, it even fucking, te- like, Wes Craven was even teasing his own shit. He's like, oh, Nightmare 1 was right. great, but the rest suck. He ain't wrong, really. Uh, I knew Nightmare was cool. Part two. Oh, I like part two. You know what, dude? All of them except for six. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to that. This is true. Um, the, so that uh, Spyglass Media Group, I didn't know much about them. They're yeah. also rebooting the Hellraiser franchise. Oh, yeah, because, no, they've been talking about that for fucking 15 years easily. Well, in those 15 years, not Spyglass, but whoever's got the rights has been making some crappy ones. Fucking Weinstein had it, and now that he's up shit creek, maybe they branched out. Good. Yeah, fuck um, it. Also, Dr. Sleep came out today. So today is uh, November 8th, so Dr. Sleep hit theaters today. All right, I have a series of complicated questions, each more difficult than the last. Hit me. Okay. And I was actually talking about this online earlier. Okay. On the internet. <laughs> um, On the forums? Yes. <laughs> Fucking the forums. Remember those? <laughs> All right. In Yahoo Chat. That's how you actually access the black web nowadays is through Amazon <laughs> Chat. or The dark web. Right. Um, All right. So, Dr. Sleep is a sequel to The Shining. Now, like, in the book form. We know that. Yes. Now, this movie format is this a direct sequel to Kubrick's The so, Shining? what they're doing is they're actually bridging all three. So there's going to be parts taken from Kubrick's Shining movie, from the TV movie oh, The Shining, fuck. as well as from the book, to bridge all three to generally make people happy. Because the original Shining movie left out a lot from the book. The I think the only person but added some really good Stephen shit. King. Um, the, the TV special was much closer to the book, but then also left out some fan favorites from the movie. And was fucking terrible. Compared to the movie, I would agree. But I still liked it. I still liked it, but I mean, it's fucking... Have you watched it recently? Jack Nicholson. Yeah. Yeah. After we went to Horror Hound, and uh, a dude was there. Uh, I forget his name. Uh, but the the guy... Uh, dude from Wings? Yeah. yeah. Oh, no shit. It's like... Not Tim Daly, uh. But uh, when I when we got back, I watched it like the next week because he was there at Horror Hound and I met him and he was super cool. Uh, and then it'll have stuff from the book, from the Shining the book, as well as the Doctor Sleep novel itself, which is okay. really good. Well, well, shit, I kind of got closure on that without seeing the movie, of course. But yeah. uh... basically, the way it boils down is uh, Jack Torrance was a man whore and has a love child with uh, another lady. 
Oh, I wouldn't put it past Jack. He's a total piece of uh, fucking human garbage. Right? Wendy, when I'm in here and you hear this or when you hear nothing, just keep on fucking walking. Okay? I just want to bash or your something brain like that. right the fuck in. Wendy, darling, light of my life. <laughs> uh, and then lastly, we have Halloween Kills. Yay! Which has just wrapped production. That comes out uh, October 16th, 2020. Here's what's crazy. It's like, I feel like it was like a 45-day shoot. Like, they got a lot done. Like, Bloomhouse is fucking just in it to win it with that kind of shit. Because I feel like they just started, like, shooting. Yeah, actually. Maybe two months ago. I mean, you got to faction in reshoots and shit like that and all the post things they have to do. Right, yeah. They're, like, nowhere near, like, completed. But the main... What I understand is, like, the production of the movie itself, like, main filming, not secondary shots and scenery is done. Like, the actors are done. And I think they're going for a October 2020 release date, which... October 16th, 2020. Fine by me, man. Just, like, this is why I miss not being in the 80s, where you would just get a franchise flick, like... Almost every fucking year. Could you just imagine that going to the fucking theaters? There's a Halloween. There's a Nightmare on Elm Street. There's a fucking Chainsaw Massacre. There's a Friday the 13th. You know, just four of those in a year. I and would then you love go back. That. Or just like do two in a year and then another two. Because this is like, they did it in 2018. So then now it's going to be 2020. So it'll be two years apart. What I like is that they didn't shoot them back to back. So if things don't go well in Halloween Kills, they have time to react to the crowd and the fans, you know, who are like, uh, this isn't really quite where we wanted you to take the franchise. You took some liberties. Maybe sort of, they, they can walk it back. As long as they don't do a Last Jedi, I think we'll be okay. Exactly. Yeah, we'll get into that <laughs> at a different time. <laughs> All right. And well, we're going to talk about Star Wars, right? No way. We could, though. Um, so let's jump on into uh, Sleepaway Camp. Oh, just like that. Yeah. All right. So um, when... Or where was the first time you saw this movie? Oh, fuck. Okay. So, I can say it because I have the memory of a goldfish. So, the first time I saw it, I don't remember. I think I rented it from Picket Video or it was on TV. But I was just like, yeah, this is weird. Actually, I think I started with part two first. Yeah, that's what it was. I went to Picket Video. They didn't have the original. That iconic cover of the knife popping up through the shoe with the fucking uh, handwritten note. Yeah, kind it's of like, thing. dear mom, it's my second week at, or third week at sleepaway camp. Shit's, shit's fucked up. I'm getting scared. I'm getting scared. Everybody's from Joyzy. Oh, don't be scared. Oh, mm. No, don't be scared. <laughs> We're all scared, son. Oh, anyway, so I watched the second one, then I watched the third one, and then I think years and years later. Oh, that fucking box set, the Survivor yep. pack. I was like, I don't get it. Then we watched it, and I was like, fuck, now I get it. And this is one of my favorite movies. Uh, First time I saw it was, and I remember it to the day, 1999 New Year's Day. Okay. Like, was it on TV, or what's up? Uh, No. So, New Year's Day was a Friday. So, like, New Year's Eve was a Thursday. So, there was, like, no, like, you know, I had no school the next day, and the folks were fucking, had to go back to work. So they let me rent some movies while they were gone, and this was one of them that I chose. Where'd so you get it from? Went with it. Uh, probably CNM Video. Dude, that leather, that um, monster vinyl, rest in peace. We went there. Uh, they had, I snagged Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3 on VHS for like a buck, and I looked at the spine of the cassette, cassette? Tape. Yeah. Uh, 
and it was from seeing a video and i got real fucking excited so that is i'm pretty sure that's where i got it so like my parents like we ran a bunch of stuff it was like that and i think halloween six and a couple the producers cut right yeah i wish yeah uh but i definitely remember seeing this because it was new year's day because it was the one i started with because i was up at zach's house buddy of ours the night before and then went down and watched the horror movies the next day okay so this is not on our video nasty list I'm surprised this isn't a video yeah, nasty. This somehow. is not a hello nasty. Hello nasty. Uh, which is actually kind of shocking, especially for that ending. Yeah. I'm real fucking surprised. Um, and the era it came out in, I figured. Yeah, it's. When did the video nasty end? Uh, it was huge in the 80s, which is when this came out. Yeah, you're right. 83. So writer and director Robert Hiltzik. Uh, doesn't have a lot of credits to his name, but did write and direct Return to Sleepaway Camp, which is one of the number fours. So there's this one, then two, then three, and then there's actually two number fours. Yeah, so that's a little complicated. Yeah. You got this? So there is Survivor of Sleepaway Camp, which got partially filmed by a different director, but they ran out of money. Man, let's call it what it is. That was like a Skinamax fucking uh, wanker flick. And they never finished it. So what they did was is they took a bunch of cutaways and like scenes from the other movies as like flashbacks and put all that together and released it in part of a box set, which we'll talk about in a little bit. And then there's Return to Sleepaway Camp, which actually uh, f- features uh, Felissa Rose, who was in the first one. She plays Angela. And, you know, like, it's got the, the original writer and director from the first one who came back. Nachos, I know you're not a fan of it. Uh, it's one. I, I, I kind of like I got to give it another rewatch. Because you get, like, cameos from characters in the movie that we probably shouldn't talk about <clears throat> yet. Don't want to spoil nothing. Right. Uh, you ready to meet our casualties? Yeah. All right. So, already talked about her. Felissa Rose, who plays Angela Baker. She's super awesome in this movie and she's in a ton of like B movie stuff, but she doesn't get enough credit, which is actually kind of surprising. As of recent, she has been, she's, she's got like a podcast now and she's been showing up at a ton of conventions. That's a really good one, but she is super nice. What is that podcast? Oh, it's casualty Fridays. It's on, uh, the Fangoria network and it's her and Kane Hodder Hodder and, uh, Tiffany Shepish, which, it's a weird third choice. Yeah, but hey. But it's a good show. She's good on it. You know, yeah. they're, they're all great. So Angela Baker is who she plays. She's in Zombie Geddon, Corpses Are Forever, Return to Sleepaway Camp. Corpses Are Forever. <clears throat> Silent Night, Zombie Night, Death House, and then recently in Victor Crowley. Yeah. Yes, with Kane is. Hunter. Hatchet 4. Yep. We've got Jonathan Tiersten, who plays Ricky Thomas. And there's, by the way, there is not a lot of people on this list that really do a ton. Yeah. Uh, it's I got five people here that really did anything. So, Jonathan Tiersten played Ricky Thomas. He's in Blood Reservoir and The House That Wept Blood. Huh. We've got Karen Fields, who plays Judy. That fucking bitch. She's no other acting credits. She's in, like, uh, like a special feature Judy thing, uh, and it's on IMDb, but that's it. Like, this is the only two. Do we talk about this now or later? Oh, Or later. at all? Probably not at all. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, Christopher Collette, he plays Paul. Now, he was in a couple things. He was in The Manhattan Project, and he was in The Langoliers, which is that Stephen King movie. Directed by who? I don't know. Mick Ayers? It's Mick Ayers. Is it? I, fuck, I don't know. Probably. And then lastly on our list here is Desiree Gould. Oh, Aunt, Aunt Martha. Martha. I fucking... 
She, so honestly, out of all the people in this movie, she had the most credits to her name, like, during filming, but it was mostly soap operas and, like, theater credits, and that's it. I feel like that chick is, an alien came to Earth, and it's like, I must do my best human impersonation. (laughs) Do I keep my hands near my face the whole time? Oversell everything. I mean, she's, like, acting in a silent film in today's What's weird is she's not like that. It's like, I kind of looked up some clips on her because I was surprised that she was the the queen of acting as far as the rest of the cast right, goes. Right, right. Uh, and she's not like that. So uh, she definitely hams it up for this movie. <laughs> she certainly fucking does. So this movie was released in November of 1983. Uh, pretty good year. We've already talked about some 83 movies before, but Videodrone, and then a ton of Stephen King movies, Cujo, Christine, and The Dead Zone. Uh, wow, The Dead Zone 2? Psycho 2. Twilight Zone, the movie. Curtains. Oh, scalps. Oh, fuck. And a personal favorite, Microwave Massacre. Happy birthday. <laughs> and, uh... I like that movie. So that's kind of, it wasn't a tough year for them. Um, what's really cool is I believe that this beat out like a ton of the other movies like in the theater, like other horror movies in the theater at the time that were released that year. So it's kind of neat. I'm eating ash. So, how to watch. Uh, you get your VHS. You gotta get your VHS. Right. Your Laserdisc. There are no Laserdiscs of this that I'm your aware beta. of. Your <laughs> beta. Uh, your CEDs. And real talk, like, as far as streaming goes, it's on Tubi. It's on the Screen Factory channel, which is a free app. You can just watch it for free. Yep. And, uh, go ahead. You got so, those. there's a bunch of DVDs. There are the 2000 Anchor Bay DVD, which I love. Anchor Bay back in the day. Man, I mean, Scream were... Factory is kind of the new Anchor Bay, and yeah. I don't even know if Anchor Bay still around anymore. No, they're not the Anchor Bay that once was. Because they used to like cool special features, great little box sets, and like extra treasures in those, like just shit you would want. Like I got a badass uh, Evil Dead that I refuse to upgrade because it's got so many special features and like tons of extra disc and like a fucking full size poster in it, and it's just badass. Late but, night uh, Grindhouse is doing Evil Dead. Next weekend. Yes, they are. Side note, that's a conversation we didn't have before yes, we got on are. the podcast. Um, so then there's the 2002 Anchor Bay Sleepaway Camp Survival Kit. That's the one I had. This was cool. So this was a neat set that I still want because it features movies one through three and the unfinished fourth movie that we talked about. But the neat thing is, is like, if you see it, there's two different versions of the box set. There's the one with the, like, Red Cross. It looks like a medic kit. Yes, that's the one I had. American Red Cross filed a complaint suit over the box set artwork. Oh, wow. And the reissues no longer feature that. Because it was like a bloody first aid kit that looked like the fucking Red Cross. Like, yep. I'm it was real serious. I got that at Best Buy. And then... There's a really crappy version, which was my first version. Oh, it's that's the... the one with the double disc with Mania Cop? No, not Mania Cop. It's the 2005 Legacy Entertainment double feature with House by the Cemetery. Oh, shit. Do not buy this version of the fucking movie. If you're blind, go ahead and do that because like, you're not seeing any It's like a the... transfer from a bad VHS copy. Onto a piece of toast. And it's fucking awful. We watched it, which was how the first time we watched it together. Right. And... I remember being super pissed at the end because I was like, I can't fucking see anything. So we went to YouTube 
and found a better copy on YouTube for free for free than this fucking piece of shit movie. And I was super excited because I was like, oh, it comes to the house by the cemetery, which actually isn't a bad version of the movie. But my sleepaway camp on there sucks. And I paid three dollars for it at like a secondhand store and I got my money's worth for sure. <laughs> Uh, and then lastly is the 2014 Scream Factory Blu-ray, which is what I've got. It's a double disc with a DVD. That's what I got, Holmes. And it's uncut. And it has a ton of special features. Mm, uncut. It's fucking fantastic. Because, <clears throat> like, the legacy version is cut to, like, make it shorter so that it could fit both movies on the disc and stuff like that. So it kind of... I gotcha. So this one they had to... Go around as uncut. Now, before we get to the movie, we want to be open with everybody. We're not, quote, quote, woke. No, sorry. This, um, this is our disclaimer. We're going to do our best with the pronouns here, and you'll understand what we're talking about when we get to the end of the movie. However, um, we're just trying to do the film justice, and we're not uh, trying to be real. We're two dumb white guys from the Midwest. I mean, we're not trying to step on toes. But at the same time, we have to be true to the movie right. kind of thing. So save your hate mail. Actually, no, send us hate mail. Yeah, we wouldn't mind that. Yeah, any Hit kind us of hate mail. mail. I mean, we <laughs> Please. just want attention. All right. So before the movie starts, which just made me chuckle, we get a nice in memory of mom. A doer. <laughs> D-O-E-R. Before this fucking thing starts. Uh, the movie starts and the title card comes out of nowhere with a loud fucking bum, bum, bum. right? So fucking dramatic. Yeah, it's serious. Uh, and as the movie opens, it's fall and we open on a lake with several scenery shots of Camp Arawak and Did... it looks like it's closed. Okay, I didn't catch this the first couple 900 times. And like... Do you know it why looks that like is? it was closed up in a hurry. Uh huh. And we got a sheriff's notice on the front gate and a for sale sign on like the Camp Arawak sign out front. You got it, dude. Uh, in the next scene, it's now the summer, so it's kind of like a like a flashback in time here. And John, Angela, and Peter Baker are on the lake and they're sailing as some other people are out on the lake in the summer enjoying themselves as a speedboat fucking passes by pulling this skier i think what you meant to say is two people in a motorboard are motorboat are torturing this lady on skis she's like freaking out the whole fucking time like why are you even on there if you're not having a good time let go you know i know you just watched sleepaway camp because you said she's not even having a good time (laughs) fuck that jersey just gets in you no this woman is crying and screaming yeah let go of the fucking rope if you don't want to fucking be pulled by the boat Right? Like, they'll come get you. No, because that lumpy kid who can't swim will get her. <laughs> so the Baker kids accidentally tip over the sailboat as they're teasing around with their dad, and then all three of them fall in the water. Little schemers. In the meantime, the driver of the said speedboat that just passed by changes places with his lady friend like a Chinese fire drill at a fucking stoplight. And it turns out she's not very good at anything at all, including driving a fucking boat. And I'm pretty sure his nuts popped out of his pants. <laughs> this is the this is the movie of fucking short, tight clothes for dudes. You know, I figured out why that lady, you know, the skier is freaking out. It's because Jaws is chasing her, man. <laughs> she ends up heading straight for where the Baker family is swimming. And the girl on skis somehow is the only person to notice that they're heading right for it. There's a Right? Turn! Turn in the boat! 
cute. And then her buddy has the gall to turn and say, You look like... Wait. You look like a skiing hunchback! <laughs> and, like, all the while, like, uh, John Baker's buddy uh, is, like... Terry! Yes. Terry? Terry? Could be. I think, I think it is Terry. Terry. If not, it, you know what? Fuck it, it's Terry. Looks like a Terry. Yeah, he does. And uh, he's, like, standing on the shore watching all this. Uh, the skier is just fucking screaming, like Nacho said, as the two in the boat realize what is happening. And instead of turning the fucking thing, they accidentally speed the motherfucker up. Right. And run right over John and Peter Baker, killing them instantly. All right, so... This reminds me of Austin Powers. Remember when, like, they're coming at that dude with the steamroller, and he <laughs> has ample time to get the fuck out of the way? This is that. Here's a, I'm going to just touch on that real quick. Yes. This is the coolest thing. When I had the VHS version of Austin Powers, it had special features at the end. Yes. After the fucking credits. And it was like, no one ever thinks of the family of a henchman. And it's like, he's going to go to Hooters. For his birthday, and his family's, like, at home waiting for him with a cake and shit, and they get, like, the phone call that he died on the job. Do you know what that is? That's the dude that plays Stewart yeah. from Mad TV. It's, it's like... fucking great, dude. There, and there was a bunch of them like that on there. But anyway. So you cut to the show. Oh, this. Uh, back to this movie. Just the, his Terry, or Terry? It's Terry. Sure. John. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, they. Wait, we have death. One and two. Yes. Dead man's float in the kiddie pool of blood. <laughs> this shit happens really fast, and, like, nobody seems to care enough to react well, except for the girl who's, like, skiing, and she's, like, fucking particularly she's annoying. Like, somebody help them! Oh my god, why won't somebody help them? In this, like, shrill fucking, like, break fucking glass She's not even voice. Jersey, but, you know what, I felt for her because... Everybody's a dipshit. I wish this chick was in the movie later so she could fucking die. Like, she is that fucking annoying. So, fast forward now. Eight years later. It is eight years later at Aunt Martha's house. Now, Aunt Martha is shouting upstairs for Ricky and Angela. Ricky, Angela. Angela being the only baker to survive the intro and is now living with her aunt and cousin. Martha is getting them ready to catch the bus to Camp Arawak. And there is something seriously off about Aunt Martha. She's a straight-up fucking space cadet, dude. Yeah. We kind of talked about it a second, but, like, when she talks, she talks like this. And then stares off at space, comes back a second later, and then finishes her thought. And it's like, oh, no. And she's constantly moving her hands and touching her, like, chin, like, a lot. Did you see her fucking dick beaters? Yeah. Those things are huge. I, yeah. I got a thing, but go, go yeah. ahead. Extra large isotoners going on those hands for sure. So before the kids leave, Aunt Martha runs or has them run to get their completed physicals that they will need for camp. But she reminds the kids not to tell anyone at camp that she prepared them for some reason because she's a doctor. Yes, the doc. And apparently she's a crooked one. A what? A crooked doctor. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she probably gives her fucking kids, like, volumes and other kinds yeah, of Yeah, a doctor of what? Yeah. So he doesn't specify. Yeah, doctor, feel good. <laughs> anyway, Ricky says goodbye to his crazy-ass fucking mom. While Angela just stands there and doesn't say a fucking word. Does the word. fucking dead eye stare. Yeah. I like how Ricky's like, 
Mom, are there any fucking chips in here? And she's like, <laughs> I believe there's a whole bag. And some fruit for you. And, and dude, she's fucking... Sandwiches. Oh, I tied a ribbon Probably... around my finger so I wouldn't forget. Probably the shoe polish I've been sniffing. But what wasn't I supposed to forget? All right, so I got a thing in here. So I never really noticed how big Aunt Martha's fucking hands are. I bet you, like, if you tried to pinochle her... It would be like that scene from The Fly where fucking Goldblum snaps that dude's arm. Oh, oh right? Oh, solid scene. But that's how she pinochles you. But then she's going to patch you up because she's a doctor. But then you're going to be <laughs> fucked up just like her kids. I couldn't stop staring at her chin. She's got a fucking jawline like Leno. <laughs> like, it just... You could smash plates on it and she's just like, this is wonderful. Yeah. It was just, I'm like... Damn, why did I notice this chin before? It's like, oh, I probably it's got to have the, the Blu-ray. This, this fucking 1080p is just taking me places I've never seen. All right. So just imagine that scene. But it's Nat. It's it's Aunt Martha. But instead of a Desiree Ghoul, it's Divine. <laughs> How fucking cool would that be? Dude, so this, like, a lot of this, like, Aunt Martha stuff really reminds me of a ton of, like, John Waters type stuff. All right. We'll get to that. Moving on. Yeah. Um... So, as we said, fucking Ricky says goodbye while Angela just stands there and doesn't say a fucking word before Ricky they both head so off. over his mom. He's just like, did you, did, did you put it in the shit? Yeah. Fuck. Can we go? God. Ma! Me love! I like how Ricky cusses just like I do. <laughs> excessively. Oh my god, dude. He's got a great mouth on him. Yeah, he does. <laughs> uh, now I sound like the fucking cook. <laughs> the bus arrives at Camp Arawak as the kids get off. Heh. <laughs> <laughs> hard at it the kitchen staff is standing around uh, along with the uh, counselor staff as Artie the head cook makes a joke about the kids being fresh chickens and where he comes from we call them baldies they call them baldies so prior to this scene we are introduced to Mel the head dude of, of the camp and, and Ronnie the Jersey bulk yeah, the, the he's the head counselor. So, like, Mel's the owner, yes. and Ronnie's, like, head counselor. Or one of them. Did you catch that? That kid runs full speed and bashes his head on Ronnie's cock, and then just, like, <laughs> flips around. I am dead fucking serious, dude. <laughs> he does run just right like, in Bam! Him. And Ronnie's just like, throw oh, my fucking bulge! <laughs> Ronnie is fucking huge. It's so crazy to watch this movie, because you're like, I know this dude is juicing behind the scenes, but he's, like, the nicest dude on right. set. Yeah, he's just super chill. Yeah. He fucking brings it in. He's just fucking so great. But it's like, damn, dude, you look like Lou Ferrigno's poop. So wait a minute. You just dropped the the Baldies line. So we're just at the Baldies. The other cooks laugh and smile as they're apparently okay with Artie being a pedophile. Mufasa Jr. or Sr. fucking James <laughs> Earl Jones's dad is just like, ha ha, he's going to fuck one of those kids this summer. But he's just like, he's like, uh, I don't think they have what you're talking about in mind, Artie. And then he, like, fucking chuckles about it. Right, like, no, dog. That's, I guess the 80s was a simpler time. Yeah, 1980, 1983, just have sex with 13-year-olds, apparently. It's not a fucking big deal. Right. They just kind of look the other way. For an extra <laughs> 15 bucks in my paycheck a Right, week. yeah, no. Ugh. So, uh, as they're heading down, Ricky runs into his pal, Paul. 
and introduces Angela to Paul before Paul comments that Judy is back this year and so are her tits. I like how uh, when fucking Paul and Ricky show up, they're just talking to each other like construction workers, and they're tighter than dick skin. Yeah. I, so this movie is great because like this scene alone just kind of showcases how they like the kids just talk to each other like other fucking kids talk to each other. Yes. Uh, like I would have these fucking conversations when I was a I fucking 12 I think the closest thing we've had to that uh, was super bad. What did what did what does fucking Paul say to him? It's like, damn, she's here and she's top heavy and yeah. ready. Yeah, and then he's like, like, you know, gesturing towards fucking giant boobs, voluptuous melon breasts. <laughs> <laughs> so Ricky drops off Angela at her cabin, where she goes inside and meets her head counselor Meg, and then she sits on the bed, doesn't say a fucking word to anybody, and just stares hard at this chick judy that judy that ricky and paul were just talking about all right judy straight up this entire movie acts like a a super villain b a lead in dynasty c a smart mouth bitch who's going to get what she has coming to her did you say a lead in dynasty yeah why not <laughs> i'm going with b all right because dude or d all of the above i don't know dude judy is a great fucking bitch like she plays it so well and angela is just like hate fucking her just with these eyes what are you taking pictures it's like (laughs) that's not the line but okay line (laughs) can can you even get that right fucking jerk Uh, so it's the next scene and everyone's at the mess hall and i love this this is like what the burning did there's a ton of fucking kids there, right? Like, they really set it up like it's an actual summer camp. It's not like where they do the sequels where, like, the majority of people in the fucking hall are the actors in the movie. It's, like, hundreds of kids. There were times in this movie I thought I was watching The Burning and vice versa. You yeah. know, like, that's how well they do it. It's a really, really cool job. Fuck, like, that'd good be, job that they did. That'd be a good back-to-back double feature, The Burning and this. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, anyway, go ahead, sorry. So... They're at the mess hall where Meg goes to find Ronnie, who we just talked about. is the fucking Jersey Bulk. buffed out head counselor, Jersey Bulk here, uh, to let him know that Angela won't eat. Ronnie is also wearing the thinnest, tightest fitting shorts I have ever fucking seen in my life. This 2K 1080p scan is doing this man some favors because, wow, hey. I- I'm pretty sure I can fucking see the head of his dick. Guess what? He's fucking circumcised. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean. Like, yeah. I'm not trying to stare, but he's wearing these fucking red right shorts. Fucking it's right fucking It's like I'm a bull. I, it's like it's all I can fucking stare at. It's just. It's like, oh, is there acting going on around this It's penis? like old boy like, jams just... a fucking apple and an acorn in the front of his pants. So, like, we just have to not stare at his dick. I'm pretty sure at one point he puts his, like, fucking leg up. I don't, I don't know, man. It is, it is on display. There we go. You might as well fucking walk around with a flashlight just fucking shining. Right, around, right. Because right? Jesus Christ, you couldn't call more fucking attention to it if you had a sign pointed at it. So, <laughs> uh, enough about Ronnie's uh, big hog. <laughs> yeah, for now. <laughs> R- Ronnie takes Angela to the kitchen and introduces her introduces her to Artie, which we met earlier. Artie the kid fucker. Artie the pederast. And asks if he can help Angela find something that she would like to eat. I'm gonna let you handle this part, because this whole scene is fucking yucky. Artie visibly gets excited at the innuendo. 
right there. Yeah, and uh, yeah. Ronnie then has to take a phone call. So Artie tells Angela that they should head to the pantry where he knows he has something that she wants. Now, as this happens, back in the mess hall, Ricky asks Meg where his cousin went. And Meg teases Ricky about fucking Angela being off and weird and shit. It's like, oh, good. Thank you. I'm glad you're fucking good at your job. Right. Uh, before he gets super pissed, tells her to go fuck off, and then goes to look for Angela. At the same time, Artie has locked Angela in the pantry and is about to take his pants off. As he's turned the pantry into the no-no-touchy room. Yeah, like that scene in Shawshank. Ooh. Yeah. Or, or American History X. It's like, you're going to swallow what I give you to swallow. And then you Jesus. broke Jimmy's nose, so you're going to have to swallow something for him, too. It's super fucking uncomfortable. Maybe I really repressed is. that from my fucking memories. Well, yeah, because that the guy who says that in Shawshank fucking plays Drake in Aliens. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Smoke break. Brought that screaming back <laughs> no, to you. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> but, luckily, Ricky comes in. Hey, right what the, the fuck is going list. on in here? Breaks that shit up. And he and Angela, R-U-N-N-O-F-T, out of there. Uh, okay, so when he's grabbing Ricky up and slamming him against that box. Oh, that sounded bad. No, anyway, <laughs> uh, when they fucking run out, what box does he punch? Uh, I don't know. I don't think I saw that. I think it's like Tubby Vegetables. <laughs> it's Tubby something, because he gets mad at a box. He fucking hits the, he gets the Quaker. Do you like Quaker how hopes? fucking undiscreet Artie is about <clears throat> this the whole time? He's just like walks out and he's fucking like buckling his pants in front of everybody well, yeah so like he walks out and mel the owner fucking sees the kids run by as they're busting ass out of the kitchen and he asks already what's going on and he says oh, i just guess the kids are fucking scared of me is he's fucking putting his fucking pants back on right subtlety get the fuck out of here mel kind of like shakes his head but gives him the shifty eye but later on we're gonna find out why mel's probably okay with this oh yeah no shit so, later on, Artie is then checking on what has got to be the fucking biggest pot I have ever, ever. seen in my life. It's a fucking water heater. So, like that scene in fucking Treehouse of Horror and the Simpsons where they fucking put <laughs> Jimbo Jones. Right, right. He's like, it's really hard to clean this with your porn with a meat, meat tenderizer. tenderizer on oh, great. Now i got to clean in the dark. Like, it's that fucking big. It's like comedy big. This thing is so big as it's on the fucking stove. Artie has to get a chair. Artie's not a little dude. I no, clock him at about 6'3". Yeah. Like, and he fucking has to get a chair to see into the motherfucker. Like, it's comedic big. It's like Mel Brooks big for I gotta, fucking no reason. You could make a space shuttle out of this. I gotta call bullshit on one thing. So, he's talking to, to Ben. Ben is, uh... Like the other cook. M- Mufasa Sr. Yeah. Uh... So he's telling me it took he's got him that deep voice. Oh, well, it's James Earl Jones' dad, of course. <laughs> it's it's fucking Vader's Vader, you know. Is it really James Earl Jones' dad? Yeah, fuck yeah. Is it seriously? Dead serious. Like, man, that's awesome. I you, didn't know. Are that. you serious, Clark? You serious, Clark? I like you serious, Clark? Dead fucking serious. That's yeah, that's cool. James Earl Jones' dad. That's awesome. So when he's like. When they're trying to tell me... I just thought you are being inappropriate. No, I'm not being a fucking jack-off. I'm, like, legit being sincere for once. <laughs> uh, oh, I see what you did there. No, dude, so, like, the whole thing that's fucking me up is that they're telling me it took them a half an hour to boil all the water it would fit to put in that fucking thing. A half an hour? Bullshit. Right? And he's, like, sitting there, like... On that fucking chair, and he's fucking pouring spices and shit on it. But, like, why is this fucking thing so big? I've... 
I obviously I've never fucking worked at a camp, but I've worked at several kitchens since high school, like growing up at fucking jobs at kitchens at different restaurants. I have never ever seen a pot this big in my life. It will legit fit a fucking medium sized fucking human. You know what? When we go out on smoke break, uh, we will Google the biggest pot we can find. <laughs> And see if we can both fit in the motherfucker, because you could, you could with that, right? All right. So as we said, fucking Artie literally has to get a chair to fucking take a peek inside, and Ben, who's in the room with him, is like, "I'm out of here, Artie. Good luck with this shit, fucking giant ass fucking pot of soup." As he is putting in some seasonings, someone sneaks up from behind Artie and tries to push him in. Artie, no, starts like pulling on the chair, pulling it away from him. Yeah, and oh, Artie sorry, sorry. is able to grab the wall and save himself, but the mystery kid, as Artie refers to him as, uh, fucking reaches underneath and pulls the chair out from under him, knocking Artie to the floor, spilling the big-ass pot of boiling water on him, and fucking scarring his face and his eyes fucking horribly as he's fucking screaming the special effects in this movie are fucking amazing, and dare I say, um, better than Tom Savani? Some of them are. This one is particularly nice because, like, the boils and, like, the blisters, blisters are, are pulsating like, and like, even fluctuating. Some of them are popping. It's fucking Like, Ill. they did a good job. All right, so I'm going to jump in here real quick. I mean, technically, you could say Artie didn't die. Because the paramedics show up and take him away. And the yeah, doctor's but like, fuck that. His burns got infected because they didn't have the proper shit to treat him. I count it as a death. It's a death. So death number three. And you're going to fucking hate me. Let me go on like a blister in the sun. Let me go on. <laughs> hey, man, I like you. Hey, fucking man, you know you're done. <laughs> There you go. That's 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 real fucking dumb. All right. Fun fact. What I like the Violent Femmes. That's good. Oh, that song just it's like dental drills me. Anyway, fun fact. They took Artie to the same burn unit that Cropsy from the Burning was in, and they actually became really good friends because love of hating kids and love of fucking kids is close enough or whatever. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> they actually opened a bakery where they only sold burnt pastries. It didn't last long, but most of the pr- proceeds went to a. Uh, Charity for burn victim kids. Is this how it plays out in your head? No, it's real. That's not real. My doctor said it was real. It's not real. Oh. Stop lying to people. They don't like it when you confuse them. It's real. It's not real. It's real. Mufasa thing's real. You're bullshitting me on this one. I'm going to Google it. I know you're lying. I know you're lying. Okay. Seen the burning. Liar. You're going to. You bullshit artist. You fucking bullshit artist. All right. So Mel makes sure to bribe the rest of the cook staff. That's 50 extra bucks a month. In 1983, 50 bucks. Holy shit, dude. Is it a month or a week? or A week. I'm sorry, I'm to say a month. Yeah, so Mel makes sure to bribe the cook staff to keep their mouths shut so the kids and the parents don't learn what happened to Artie. So he gives Ben 50 bucks a month to be the head cook, and the rest of them get 15 15 bucks a week, and then the rest of them get $15 a week. I mean, he's the head cook. Keep their mouths shut. And maybe also don't Mm. fuck any kids, too. (laughs) Keep it in your pants. Summer camp continues as usual with Ricky playing pranks on his friends and the cabins are playing fucking some softball together. Do you have that whole dialogue, the whole Mozart That's thing? fucking great. So it's like the prank is, is they've got this kid named Mozart. Mozart who they lay him down and they're telling him that he can't do a sit-up blindfolded. And they're like, you're blindfolded. It's mind over matter. But your mind's going to prevent you from doing it. It's mind over matter. And fucking Ricky is selling this shit so hard. I love it. And then Mozart says something stupid, and fucking Ricky gets down at all fours, like point blank in his face. He goes, shut up, Mozart! Concentrate! 
Yeah, it's fucking good. And then as he fucking finally does and the fucking Paul, blindfold comes Paul, off. Paul, like, fucking, you know, gets in the trajectory of where his head would go and just, you know, fucking drops bottom. And Mozart buries his nose in just, Paul's ass crack. Eating that ass at camp. Is pissed. And they fuck with Mozart a couple times. But here's what I like about this movie. There's a lot of scenes where there's just camp going on right there's a whole five minute fucking scene with baseball like angela's not in it judy's not in it like it's just the fucking kids just having a good fucking time around yeah it's fucking awesome so uh then the fucking counselor gino comes in and this dude is wearing a hotel towel with two armholes and he's like you it's a fucking crop job for sure i don't even know what the fuck that thing is it's I think oh, this could only be an 80s fashion thing. And he's like, do you want to play baseball against the big kids? It's it's like just enough to cover the nips. It reminds me, it's the opposite of the time I saw Tank Abbott wear a shirt where he cut nipple holes out of it. It's an entire t-shirt and Tank Abbott just cut holes through his nipples to go through. This is the opposite of that. He's just got just long enough to couple his man nips. It's like an even skimpier version of what Kelly LeBrock... The chick from Weird Science. Uh-huh. Remember, like, that iconic, you know? Yes. It's like that, but even skimpier. Yeah. And on a dude. And... So, later that night, a dance is being held. A social, which they have many of during the summer camp, is being held in the gym of the camp. And the boys are commenting that they can't go skinny dipping later because there's too much dick and not enough snatch. Are you skipping out the whole baseball scene? Yeah, man, they just play baseball. You want to talk about the baseball scene? Yes, because it's like the best exchange of dialogue ever. Hit me. When fucking Ricky's up to bed, he says to dude, this dude fucking blows dead dogs. And this guy, <laughs> I think it's Bill. Bill, he goes, eat shit and die, Ricky. And then Ricky says, hey, eat Bill, shit and live. Eat shit and live. And it's just like, oh, fuck. Yeah, I did. I just kind of glossed over because then, and then like, you no, know, fuck the rest. It's just it didn't goddamn, move the plot much. Right. So I was like, whatever. It's almost like an episode of Slusher Shorts, kind of. Right. Without all the murder. So as I said, later that night, the kids are at a social, and the boys are commenting that they can't go skinny dipping because there's too much dick and not enough snatch. Uh oh. Then the fucking pussy slayers show up, dude. <laughs> One of the kids says they should ask Angela to go with them. When another kid says that he's been watching her all week and she's fucked up. Cue Angela sitting on a bench by herself, staring off into space, eating a candy bar. Dude, she sinks that. She three points that shit. Yeah. And it's like a fucking big, it's like a fucking Toblerone. Like, it's a massive fucking candy bar. I wanted to fucking Google all the names of the candy bars in this movie to see if, like, they were real. Well, I'm sure they were probably real. One of them was called Powerhouse. Fucking, it looked good. One of the boys decides to nut up and walks over with his wingman. Mind you. Kenny and him. Mike. Is Kenny and Mike? Yep. To ask Angela if she wants to go on a little night swim with him, but she just stares silently at him without blinking. And his wingman takes a shot and gets nowhere, so they start to call her nuts and Looney Tunes. Right. Melvin, like that's going to help you. <laughs> Melvin walks in uh, to check how the dance is going, followed immediately by the fucking Pussy Patrol, Ricky <laughs> and Paul. Ricky has this fucking, like, cowboy hat on i don't know like a converse t-shirt there are some slick dressed motherfuckers and uh before we cut back to angela and uh kenny and mike who are continuing to fucking pick on her 
It's like There's one guy's shit, like pretend to be Frankenstein. I don't like, know. Hey, it's Angela, like, does this remind you of anyone? Doing like this Frankenstein walk with his hands like spread out at his side. It's stupid, but and go then ahead. Sorry. We get what is quite possibly one of the best lines in not just horror history, but in films in general. It's like, hey, boys, way to be slick, as Kenny says, Yo, Angela, how come you're so fucked up? <laughs> now, for a second, like. I was like, man, he's genuinely concerned. That's how people talk. It's like, no, he's being a fucking asshole. That is so great. That is uh, yeah, from the playbook. Panties are just dropping for you, buddy. That is in the. I, I'm a dumb guy, and like, but even I know this is how not to get laid. Yo, Angela, how come you're so fucked up? And that fucking Jersey accent's fucking solid. Ricky comes over to her rescue and starts a fight with the boys. Angela is, however, fucking unfazed and just continues to stare off into space while the counselor's going to break it up. Uh, Ricky gets some fucking good shots in there. And this is where it's fucking, he's just dropping every fucking Dude, swear word in the book. Here. It's like, what did they say in a Christmas story? It's like some artists work in oils and paints or oil paints and sculptures. Ricky uses obscenities as his art form and he's fucking great man <laughs> ricky goes off then after the fight to see the camp nurse because he got a little bit of a bloody nose as paul then sits down next to angela dude and tries to make friends with her right he's and like hey uh, he's being smooth he's being smooth about it he's actually kind of being courteous i don't even think like he's just trying to you know fucking yeah get he's that just being a nice in, guy you know uh, he tells her some stories about the shit Ricky and him have been up to at camp over the past couple of years. It's one time we ran all the girls' panties up the flagpole. <laughs> what was the other one? He fucking... Oh, he locked the kid outside of the fucking cabin naked. <laughs> right, not Mozart, but... <laughs> they're kind of bullies. Yeah, they're kind of dicks. Uh, but he has to cut it short as his cabin is then called off to bed. Paul tells her goodnight and is fucking super shocked when Angela looks up at him and responds in turn. And we hear her talk for the first fucking time in the whole movie. Uh, yeah, 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 yep. Judy sees this happen from across the room. And for some reason, she decides that she's going to be fucking mega bitch about it. Judy's face, the majority of this film, looks like you peed in a super squirk, super soaker, and just sprayed a cat in the face with it. It's like... <laughs> Later that night, the boys are still trying to get the girls to go skinny dipping. So fucking Mike and Kenny oh my are still fucking working on it with like all the girls that they could muster. It, uh, it's, and it's not working. So they're like, well, we'll get in first. It's and Bill, Kenny... Mike and the salty ass. Uh, There's a bunch of loser dudes. baseball. Uh, I have them as salty ass baseball losers. <laughs> so at the same time as the fucking dudes are like, "Look, we're gonna get in first. Fucking Kenny and Mike are like, "I tell you what, let's get baked. We're getting fucking stoned." And they try to convince some of the girls to go on a moonlight canoe ride. Bill gets so pissed off. He's like, well, fuck you anyway, bitches! Yeah. Me and my buddies are going to go waggle ding-dongs in the As water. As we get the fucking whitest asses ever fucking just hustling towards that cold ass water. That is some fucking pale bungus patrol. Yeah. yeah. Just uh, just so everybody knows, so spoiler alert, uh, there's no boobies in this. But there is a lot of fucking like uh, hardcore white guy butts. And just, like, pants you can see just... through fucking shorts and shit. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Didn't think about it like that, but yeah, yeah you're not wrong, man. Yeah. It's a, it's a feast for the ladies if there ever was one. For sure. And pedophiles. 
Yeah, there's this a... This is probably what Adam Marcus saw when he's like, oh, when I make fucking goes to hell, oh. this is the shit I'm doing. Hmm. So, so Kenny convinces one of the girls to get in the canoe with him. While in the canoe, Kenny is dicking around. And it's like, oh, be careful. This is where all the fucking poisonous snakes this and shit come out. This guy is a fucking jack off. He gets a chick to come out in a canoe. And she's like, don't try night. anything. <laughs> right. Oh, and why'd you get in the fucking boat with me? Right. It's like, you could torch up a doobie with that chick. But he's like, hey, hey no, I'm going to capsize it. Yeah. Because that's fucking... where all the snapping heads and water moccasins are. Right. Tips the fucking boat like a dick. And his date, Leslie... Gets super pissed and swims off. Could you blame her? No. No. Fuck no. No. While he heads under the boat for some reason. Like, I assume he was just going to try to tip it back over, but instead he's fucking what's so he, stoned. What's he start doing? He starts singing. What's he start singing? Uh, what is he singing? Hey, Bobby, we Yeah. And this is a real song, right? I think so. All right, because this reminds me of that bullshit and fucking... Wait a minute. I just had it. I don't know. Ah, whatever, moving on. So, while under there fucking singing, somebody pops up and surprises Kenny, who delivers some real shitty dialogue, like, what are you doing here? Wouldn't the guys like to know that you was in here? I'm gonna tell Ronnie as this person fucking drowns him in the lake. Dunks him. And this is what he gets for fucking being a bad actor. Yeah, he's he's a fucking jack-off. Yeah. The next day at the dock. What's What's your kill? Well, I'm, I'm waiting for Oh, okay. Reveal. I'm sorry. So, in the morning, the head lifeguard is... I fucking love this dude so much. He is pissing and moaning. It's like, have Mel's fat ass coming out here. And then what the fuck are these fucking pecker Dude, when he's saying that and he trips over that shit, he's like, what the fuck is that doing there? <laughs> fucking kids that have, like, no... trashed his beach and he's fucking super pissed. There's like a couple of lawn chairs and like some fucking sunbathing shit like in the fucking beach area. You know what? I gotta try that. That You know what that is? It's like when you go to the river and you put your chair in the river. Yeah. That's what that is. Yeah. But and still, put your fucking toys in Then away, he gets assholes. fucking super pissed because he sees the canoe, which is not where it's fucking supposed but to be. But how the hell did that get there? He goes over and fucking tips it over and finds Kenny's fucking dead ass body in it. Like fucking covered in like turtle moss bites. And fucking turtle bites. And a fucking snake comes out of his mouth. It's pretty I, cool. This special effect is fucking awesome. His is death a- sucked. Yes, but this special. This scene pays off. So in the special features and shit, they're bagging on this effect like oh yeah it doesn't even look good i'm like are you fucking kidding me dude they this looks like a good. dead ass body death number four as the snake is coming out of kenny's mouth metal gear kenny snake eater <laughs> <laughs> oh campbell this tastes Ugh. like shit crab battle <laughs> so the, the cops are now called and uh they I'm just like, I'm pretty sure he fucking drowned. And Mel's like, cool, don't investigate any further. He's like, well, maybe I should get the autopsy. He's like, nah, nah, that's cool. And then Ronnie's like, no, wasn't he a really good swimmer? He's like, no, he said it was an accident. (laughs) And Mel's like, yeah, we're going to go ahead and fucking push that story. Please don't investigate any further. Yeah, Mel, they should actually, the alternate title for this shouldn't be Nightmare Camp. It should be Camp Lawsuit. lawsuit. Yeah. Well, we're going to get to that, too. I got a fucking great spot for that. Oh, okay. So, camp continues on as normal. And it's just like the fucking baseball scene. We got the girls. All these kids are hanging out by this fucking... A- oh, we're, we're past that? Night. Uh, so, the girls are playing volleyball now. Yes. That's that scene. Uh, and Angela is just fucking watching from the benches. I just kind of sidelined. <laughs> Paul comes over and continues to ask Angela 
out further and ask her if she will accompany him to the fucking movie tonight that they're showing in the fucking rec hall. She's like, don't we have to go? And he's like, yeah, but maybe we could go together. It's like, I saw what you did there, Angela. Yeah. You little schemer. And he's, she's like, uh, yeah, sure. And all while this is happening, Judy is continuing to fucking work towards the award of Bitch of the Year. Wait a minute. Is this the part where Judy has the shirt on that says Judy? (laughs) We have to get those fucking shirts made. (laughs) Now, but does it say, like, Nachos and Jeff? Or does it say Judy? (laughs) So, you know know James? Yes. So he had a fucking James shirt that he wore for years. It was my favorite he'd just go out and just say james like but it was in like different colored letters and they had like one was like a fuzzy j and like it was like different like types of materials spelled out of it was fucking awesome i always wanted to get a shirt with my picture on it and just wear it around like an asshole (laughs) we should get shirts with each other yes yes so judy is continuing her fucking run for bitch of the year and gets Angela in trouble with Meg because she's like, why do we have to play volleyball while Angela just talks to the talks boys? Talks to the boys all day! It's like, well, this is the second time she's ever fucking talked all summer, yes. so maybe just let her go. This but is probably her 12th word of the year. Meg's like, you know what? I like being a bitch, too. So she chases Paul off and gives Angela some shit about talking to the boys instead of participating. You know, eh, fuck you, Meg. I hope you fucking get stabbed in the back. Yeah, Meg, you were kind of legit there for a minute. You and... Was it not Leslie? Um, I think her name's Marie. Susie? Susie? I don't know. We suck at names. There's a lot of fucking, like, counselors in this. But, right. Uh, you know, I'm just fucking looking at it. And I'm like, you know what, Meg? I hope you get fucking stabbed in the back. I hope your fucking spine severs. So if you guys are still with us and you're, like, kind of thinking, like, man, this episode's a little bit boring. Like, this movie is a slow burner. Not a lot has really happened, right? We've got the, the Baker family who kind of get massacred at the beginning by the boat, and then Artie who gets burned to shit. But not a lot really goes on for, like, the first two acts of the movie. It's just kind of kids fucking around at camp. Like, there are some other things that happen, but it's mostly just kids hanging out at camp and just being shitty to each other kind of thing. So it, it's that third act. It's not even the full third act, like, the last 15 minutes really fucking right. come together. Those were the but, ones I had to review today and just fucking, I'm like, oh my God, so many notes. Yeah, like this, it's kind of neat. And I like that because like it's, there's not like someone stalking in the woods, kind of creeping around like you got in like The Burning and most other horror movies. It's pretty neat. And it really helps sell the ending, which is just cool. So. Cheers. Uh, cheers. Cheers with the beers. Debout, bout, so Paul walks Angela back to her cabin. Paul Walker. <laughs> you mean Paul Windshield? Oh shit! So Paul walks Angela back to her cabin after the social, where he sneaks a kiss from her. Paul acts like a real tamale here, and bro smooches against Angela's will. Consent, bro. I know it's right. the '80s, but consent, homie. Uh, she's like, uh, I gotta go inside now. And Judy was watching the whole time, and she's like, I'm going to fucking fix this up. So she tries to flirt with Paul, but he ain't having fucking none of it before he bounces like a couple of boobies and heads back to his cabin where the boys are playing another prank on Mozart, the old fucking shaving cream prank. I feel like they're gently hazing Mozart, other than making him eat Paul's ass. <laughs> I gotta be honest, the ass-eating one would have garnered a fucking much greater response than the fucking shaving cream one, so... Right? 
Basically, they fucking put the shaving cream on him and then tickle him to fucking get it all over the place. I can relate with Mozart so hard. He's, like, falling asleep with a porno mag on his chest. <laughs> Just, like, you see that? You see his little, his, uh, his, uh, tent? Yeah. Tent set? And just, like, put a cover over that, dude. Let him sleep. Nah, unless you're these assholes. Well, here's the thing about Mozart, because he doesn't fucking handle this prank real well. And he chases Ricky with a knife. I've been Because there, that's how you respond is some aggravated assault. Hey, you stab somebody once, they learn a fucking very valuable <laughs> lesson. I'm like, I would fucking stab you over the fucking ass crack thing more than I would the fucking shaving cream thing. But I guess Mozart's fucking had enough. No, Mozart's parents got raped by shaving cream, so it's like <laughs> it's like Batman. <laughs> but with less shaving, Mr. I don't fucking know. Mr. Barbasol. <laughs> so the next day, while you the campers... Sh- you ever shave with the devil in the pale moonlight? I'm done. That's fucking <laughs> terrible, dude. All right, get out of here. The next day, while the campers are swimming in Kenny's grave, Yes. Oh, shit. His okay, watery grave. <laughs> Paul stops to talk to Angela before Meg chases him off. Meg decides that she hates Angela now, and for some unknown reason, she starts shaking her violently. Shakes, ragdolls the fuck out of that bitch. Yeah. I thought her head was going to fall off. Yeah, before Ronnie has to fucking run in and fucking save the day. So, at any point in like the doctor note that Aunt Martha gave that it says, heads up, parents might have died, or, you know... Family might have died in a traumatic swimming accident. Maybe she gets a pass. Right? Nope. Back at the girls' cabin after this, Judy bitches at Angela for Meg getting into trouble and continues to pick on her in front of all the girls. You got Meg in trouble. And she fucking takes it real far. She's got this line where she's like, she's a carpenter's dream, flat as a board and in need of a screw. Oh my God. If you watch her face, she fucking mutates into the Jersey devil. Yeah. And then, uh, what is it? Susie or Susan or whoever. She's like, you need to stop. And then she just turns around and goes, fuck you. And then just fucking open hands fucking judy which is good because she she fucking takes it a little too far she fucking needed to and angela's like fuck this and she gets up and leaves saying she's gonna go find ricky on the way angela sees which i think is by far the coolest fucking thing ever a bunch of fucking dudes having a water balloon fight on On the roof roof. on the fucking roof of a cabin it's not like one of those houses it's like backed up to a hill so you can easily get on it like they're on a fucking welcome to camp lawsuit yeah here's what fucks me up Mel is 20 feet from there playing baseball with fucking kids. Yeah. He can't take that stogie out of his fucking mouth, look over, holy shit, that's just a bad idea. He's like, you know what, I'm rich enough, I don't have enough lawsuits in my life yeah, to we, keep me fucking preoccupied we, during the winter months. What, we only have fucking five, you know who, you know who fucking Mel is? The human version of Mo Sislak. <laughs> I never thought about it. Why didn't that just dawn on me until now? Not tonight, old friend. Not so as the boys are fucking having this awesome fucking water balloon fight they decide to fucking nail angela with one in the arm from 20 feet away and she goes down like like, a bag of shit like fucking kennedy dude wait where is it (laughs) uh okay you you keep going Uh, ricky sees this happen and fucking comes out giving them boys some fucking solid lip right just while Paul runs over to fucking chuck on Angela. Mel steps in, breaks up the yelling match, and punishes everybody for being a bunch of cocksuckers. You could have put an eye out with one of those. It's like, (laughs) are these fucking full of sulfuric acid? It's a water balloon. You know, name me the scenario where somebody has lost an eye with a water balloon, and I will gladly have Cincinnati Jeff suck your dick. (laughs) Thank you. 
So, uh, Mel fucking punishes everybody, including Ricky for fucking having such a patty mouth. Fucking his mouth was so bad. And he tells them all to get ready for dinner. Later on, one of the boys, Billy. That's right. Has to take a wicked dump. Wicked dump. What does he grab? He grabs a fucking... A nudie mag. Yeah. And, uh... uh, I'm sorry, I gotta jump in real quick. Hit me. If you're taking a dump and reading a nudie mag, you're gonna, gonna, you're gonna get a boner, it's gonna hit a toilet seat... You're going to get poopy slosh dick and possibly yeah, AIDS. No porn while in the toilet. And That's then you're going to get Jardio. So Billy goes and takes his wicked dump. And he's one of the kids that fucking threw the water balloon at Angelo. And he's just been an overall mm. piece of shit the whole movie to Ricky yeah. and Angelo. He's dropping twos in the bathroom uh, of the cabin when someone locks him in the stall with like a fucking broom handle. Yeah, it works. And then goes behind the fucking like room and cuts a giant fucking hole in the screen of his stall. What does he insert through that hole in the, and the, the fucking f- mystery killer then fucking drops in a fucking live beehive and just fucking shakes it violently until it fucking falls off and the fucking bees just fucking sting the bees, to death. the bees. Okay. So you could have kicked that fucking door. You could have crawled under the gap. You could have hopped over the gap. Um, like there was, there was ample time to escape Billy and you're dying with a shitty butthole death. Number five. Oh man, those bees really started winging it and made a sting sensational kill. I fucking hate bee puns. No, genuinely, I was at work and I had a fucking index card with like 17 different bee puns and I just threw it away. I'm like, this is no fucking whatever. Yeah, do you want to go for that low hanging fruit? Yeah, it's too easy. So we we see his body and he's like engulfed in bees. He looks like honky candy man. Yeah. Junior. Junior. Mel, at the same time, meets with Ronnie right after this has happened to count down how many kids haven't died yet. Right. He's like, should we even stay open? It's like, oh, fucking. He's like, what we got left? He's like, I don't know, about 25. Might as well fucking bring them into all the cabins together because I guess like a bunch of other kids have now left at this point. Dude, I'm sorry. Hmm. If you had an opportunity at a summer camp where people are dying, I'm getting the fuck out. Yeah. You ain't getting a postcard from me. You're getting me in the mail. I'm like, hello. Mel states that he has known who the killer is all along and that he's on the loose and he's going to fucking stop him. I've seen it in his eyes. He's like, I could tell by the hate in his eyes. You know what? Let's not do the, let's just do the mole voice. <laughs> I can see it in his eyes. Hey, Homer, I saw it in his eyes. Remember that? Okay, I'm going to spare everybody my really bad Moses like person. Remember that time you ever thought you're too drunk to drive? <laughs> who gave you your keys? Mel did. <laughs> at the same time paul is meeting angela for a late night date by the lake where they have a little makeout session and paul tries to get some upstairs outsideies but angela has this weird flashback where she sees her dad and her his buddy terry from the beginning in you know bed what? together i think it's lenny lenny i think it's lenny oh, it's the so it's yeah terry lenny it's it's her dad's friend who watched them all fucking die at the beginning uh they're in bed together <sighs> clearly getting it on while peter and angela are just like laughing and pointing yeah like like from the doorway it's like hey that's you think that's funny you know it's gonna be funny when you're fucking homeless and then later on there's another scene right behind this This where peter and angela are in the rotating bed yeah they're they're in bed together they're just like he's like pointing at her we're pointing at each other is getting like closer and closer i don't get this scene this is where it's like some fucking real john water shit right here it's very subtle when all this happens, she snaps back to fucking reality and fucking denies Paul. It is Lenny. I have it in my notes. And fucking pushes him off and runs away, leaving Paul with a blue shirt and even bluer balls. Oh! 
the next day, all the kids are lining up to play Capture the Flag. And this is actually kind of a cool version of Capture the Flag. So they got to capture the flag, but it's like flag football too. So if they have they have two flags hanging from their like Touch. pants, and oh, if they if they if both flags get captured off of you, you're out of the game and you can't play anymore. But anyway, less on the game, more on the movie. Paul and Angela talk about what happened the night before. They have a lover's quarrel. When he tries to go in for another kiss, and Angela's like, nah, <laughs> Judy then swoops in to hit on Paul some more. You know, because that's how she does it dirty. With her side ponytail and her fucking bobblehead. <laughs> Was she having her, did she have her Judy shirt on again? No, unfortunately. <laughs> so, Ricky chases Angela down as she has now run off and tells her, I got this fucking can- or plan for Capture the Flag. But Angela's like, oh, I don't want to fucking play anymore. And Ricky convinces her it's to like, do it. Oh, we hurry up, we finish the game. You don't have to play anymore. Yeah. And then they cut through the woods, right? So while they're walking through the fucking woods following Ricky's plan, Ricky and Angela catch Paul and Judy being fucking shitty friends. Yep. And just fucking making out with each other. All right, I got to call bullshit on one thing. They're all wearing little socks. You can see that scene where they cut off the path into the woods. The, everything is poison ivy. Right? Everything is fucking poison ivy. And then they run into Tiger, who's looking for the softball out in the thick... Wait, wrong movie? (laughs) Wrong movie. Ah, shit, we're back. (laughs) Angela fucking sees them going at it and gets super fucking pissed off and runs off. As she has every right to be. Right? And fucking Ricky chastises fucking Judy while Paul, like, I'm gonna go fucking chase after my old G-snatch here. (laughs) (laughs) G-snatch? Okay. (laughs) Later on, while everyone is swimming... Back at the beach. Yeah, back at Kenny's grave... Paul tries to apologize to Angela, but she isn't having any of his fucking bullshit. No, she is straight acting like a bitch. Judy comes back over and does what she does fucking best and makes things worse for Paul. She's like, oh, Paul, didn't you say she was such a prude? It's like, it's like I told you that in confidence. Damn, I Judy. I was just trying to get my wiener What licked. the fuck? I hope you get stabbed later with some sort of fucking, like, hair product. Right, yeah. When Angela refuses to acknowledge Judy... Other than hate fucking her with her giant eyes again. Oh my god, dude. That's the drinking game. Yeah. Drink every time fucking Angela hate fucks a hole through somebody's head with those peepers. So she decides that uh, she is going to throw Angela into the lake with Meg's help. So Meg fucking comes over and wants to be a fucking see you next Tuesday. Yeah, Meg. I thought you were like a decent human. No, she's just fucking terrible. She's a terrible person that has the taste for some old bones. <laughs> Playing favorites. So at the same time, Ricky she's to finger blast is now fucking coming down to the beach in his jorts. I mean, hey, flaunt it if you got it on. Right? And uh, Mel stops him and just, like, kind of coolly asks, like, hey, Ricky, uh, how's your summer going? How do you feel about murdering people? (laughs) Had a chance to catch up. And then fucking just flips it to 100. They're good for a minute. I was like, oh, man, that's cool. They're chit-chat. He's like, yeah, I'd like to play baseball more, but everybody's fucking dead. Yeah, Ricky's like, I got to go save Angela. Mel fucking grabs him hard. Gripping him up like a dick. Like, no, the fuck you don't. It's like, you've been killing everybody. Anybody messes with Angela, all of a sudden they end up fucking dead. As the fucking girls, like, successfully throw Angela. Yeah, team lady jerk chucks Angela the fuck in the abyss. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, to visit her old buddy, Kenny. Hey, see Kenny down there? <laughs> oh, and you know what? When Angela's in the lake, who comes up to help save her? The, the fucking lifeguard. <laughs> the and I have it right here. Running. You're a real peckahead, you know that, Meg? <laughs> That's... I, didn't, I like his Gilligan hat, too. I didn't... Like, I've seen this movie a hundred times, uh, but Brady no work, he's so good. So, why am I just now noticing, like, my second favorite character in this fucking movie? <laughs> Because, what's this doing here? What the fuck is this over here? And this fucking thing. 
Don't be able to get off his fetish! He's fucking, he's like Michael Rappaport. Ma! The fucking cat! Ma, the cat got in the canoe! <laughs> I fucking know. So, after all this has happened... This, that evening. It's in the evening, and the counselors are now being handed out their assignments from Ronnie. Oh, and he shit. tells Eddie that he has to take some of the little kids camping. Like, well, I'm already at a fucking oh, summer camp. Keep in mind... When uh, uh, Ricky in, is, like, escorting Angela off the beach, there's all, like, these little kids, probably eh, seven to eight, start throwing sand at them. <laughs> just being shitty. I mean, right? Just, <laughs> we're assholes, too. So Eddie gets his fucking camping assignment with the young kids, and Ronnie tells Meg that she's got the night off. Meg then heads straight over to Mel and Whoa. reminds him of a dinner that he promised her. And they make a date for it tonight. She's trying to get all up on that 75-year-old Jewish vault goblin cock. It's fucking gross. Yeah. It's fucking gross. So Meg's what is that, like... What, side? Well, well, she goes back to the cabin to get ready for a date when she's like, I gotta take a shower and... Line of bitches. It's just fucking full of chicks. Yeah, they're just... It's like, can I cut in line? They're like... They fucking just... Needle scratch. They all they, look at her. They give like, her the Angela. Right? And with a little with a little Judy in there, she's like, I guess I'll just go to the cabin next door. So then. Meg's like, I guess not. So she goes back and talks to Judy, and she's like, hey, is anybody in the cabin next door? And she's like, nah, nobody's there. She's like, I'm going to go fucking take a shower in this motherfucker. So Meg goes to the fucking empty cabin next door. And while she's in the shower, someone sneaks into the cabin. Oh, no, no. What is Meg doing while she's in the shower? (laughs) 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 I'm like, that's not a real song. It's like half of like Twinkle Twinkle, half of like fucking she'll be coming around the mountain. She sounds like a hummingbird on meth. (laughs) I I don't fucking know, dude. I I damaged my throat with that. (laughs) Worth it. So somebody sneaks into the cabin. Comes fucking behind the fucking piece of shit shower that she's in and stabs her violently several fucking times with what well, looks like the fucking knife that Mozart had earlier. Uh, a red herring, perhaps? Right in the fucking spine. So I called it earlier. Good, Meg. You got your fucking spine severed. I'm fucking Bam, glad. stabs in the, uh, the spine and then, like, just drags it down Urgh, because I'm a Carves su- her up. I'm assuming that these stalls for the shower are made out of fucking cookie pans. All right, so here we are. Death number five. Splish, splash, I got stabbed in the bath. (laughs) (laughs) I also have splish, splash, I got dead in the bath, but... mm. Goddamn Jerry Lee Lewis. Uh, Elsewhere, Eddie... Splish, splash, I was fucking my cousin. (laughs) Elsewhere... Eddie is walking all the young kids through the woods to their campsite, and he tells them to go set up the tents while he goes to look for some firewood. Now, at the other end of the camp, Angela is having another, or is leaving one of those other fucking nightly dance socials where Paul tries to stop her again and apologize, but Judy then fucking interrupts because this, this bitch. is she's fucking good this at. This bitch. Like, do you get an award at the end of camp for being the nastiest bitch? Fucking shitty ways, man. Well, she gets something on. And Angela tells Paul to meet her at the waterfront after the social. She gets serious as fuck. She's like, meet me at the waterfront. The what? The waterfront. The waterfront after the social. Meanwhile, two of the kids that Eddie were camping with complain that they are too cold to stay the night. Eddie, I'm too cold. And they beg Eddie to they take him back to the camp. They straight bitch out. They're like, Eddie. And they just get some other little trippers like, Fuck it. We're gangsters. So Eddie complies with these two and leaves while he leaves the other four kids asleep in their sleeping bags. The pain of my asses! Eddie is not going to be getting counselor of the week. No. 
Uh, so as they leave, you see a POV shot. This is our second Stocko can. Yeah, someone is like or stalking in the third. woods and eyes up the fucking hatchet that right. they were using for the fucking right. firewood. Now, all this is kind of all happening at the same time. So during this time, Mel heads over to the fucking social dance and he's looking for Meg because, you know. I love his fucking. Trying to get like, his fucking 17 year old on. They're, uh, so when Mel rolls up and he's got those fucking pants, they're like Cousin Eddie from from fucking vacation right yeah, yeah. This, these baller ass plaid pants anyway go ahead <laughs> so, <laughs> you serious clark <laughs> so nobody has seen meg uh but he decides like well i'll head over to the girls cabin to see if meg's there but he only finds judy who is macking with some dude it's it's mike is it mike from earlier i know that name mac with some dude in her she bunk. fucking yells at him it's just like oh why do you kiss so wet why are you your mouth is so wet He's so, just like, I'm a fucking teenage dude. What? <laughs> Judy uh, fucking has Mike hide as fucking Mel comes in, as obviously it's not supposed to be fucking happening. And he asked Judy where Meg might be, and he's like, well, I haven't seen her. Or she's like, I haven't seen her since she went next door to fucking take a shower. And Mel leaves to continue his search for some young poon. And then Mike's like, hey, I'm getting the fuck out of here. Fucking Mel's like hanging around, and he makes like a booby and bounces, leaving Judy crabby. And alone, can girls get blue balls? Is like, is that why she's just so bitchy? She's like not getting any. I don't. I, she she just thrives off of other people's pain and misery. She's she's a demon. She's a goblin. Well, next door, Mel is looking for Meg and wanders into the bathroom and finds fucking Meg's dead ass all carved up. Dude, I wish I had the fucking monologue he does. It's like, oh, not you, Meg. Not you. <laughs> not you's one of the good ones. Not I'm sh- gonna get him. Not no. shoes. I know it was hitting it right, right. <laughs> he freaks out, starts to fucking blame Ricky again, and proclaims that he's the one that has to stop him. Right. Back at the girls' cabin now, Judy is curling her hair for before bed for some reason, which just fucking doesn't make any sense to me. I don't get this. Judy doesn't make sense to humans. <laughs> and uh, some person sneaks into the cabin. Now, we get this well, fucking scene where this door opens. funny because it is clearly Ricky... And a motherfucking wig. I was, I, you don't know who it is. Motherfucker, look at this picture. Not you, my beautiful listeners, my friend here. Yeah, I mean, I get it. We we know it's, but it's, it's the stand. The, the light, so there's two shots, and the first one is super well lit, and it gives yes. away too much. The second shot, it's more of the silhouette of just the I boy. guess back when they shot this and fucking 83 or, or, or that is, VHS or the, the fucking rip we watched forever ago and you just see a silhouette um, so but yeah it kind of it kind of gives it away a little bit but what happens is that as Julie's fucking curling her hair and some sneaky motherfucker that we don't know comes in Judy recognizes this person it's bef- like oh it's you yeah of course you'd be here before she gets fucking knocked out in the fucking mouth hit around like andre the giant in fucking wrestlemania 3 and she is then (laughs) laid out on the bed and then fucking gets a pillow put over her face and then that curling iron you only see it in silhouettes you see it go in a very suggestive spot on a female's body that a dude doesn't have. Yeah. Hint, just it ain't right them breasticles. It. Right up in it. And she it, fucking gives the best scream. <laughs> and then like Frankenstein. Frankenstein. It kind of happens on screen, but off screen. You get like the shadows of it. And you see like Judy's fucking hands freaking out, but you don't see it. But you hear that sizzle burn. Just Yes. All right. So 
technically, this is another one of those. Is this a death? Is it? Oh, this is a death. This is a motherfucking death. Because she shoves her off the bed. Uh, yes, and it kicks her behind it. Yeah. All right. So death number seven, or uh, death number six. I'm sorry. Um, and I have a uh, something I want to discuss after this. Death number six: steam clams. <laughs> That's right. At this time of right, no, the aurora borealis in your house, exclusively located in your kitchen, located entirely within your kitchen. May I see it? No, <laughs> I I went Duff Man with that. I'm sorry. It's an Albany expression. <laughs> what? No, okay. Let's All right, we're stop. doing yep, we're doing yep, Simpsons. Yep, yep, yep. That's sorry. A bit. Yep. Okay, so clearly the killer jammed the curling iron upper twat. Right. All right. Now my question is. Did she open it up and, like, you know, clamp the other part in her butthole Ooh. to make, like, the Ultimo Deadly Shocker? Like, give her the old Brunswick? Yeah, well, yeah, that's exactly... Is that a thing? Yeah. The old, it's like you hold it like a bowling ball? No, that's the Irish bowling ball, dude. It's the Brunswick. You know, like, if you get your hand all the way up in there and then open it, that's <laughs> called the Muppet, because they scream. <laughs> you never heard that? But if you get your hand all the way up in there, snap. It's called the Infinite Gauntlet. <laughs> those are stupid. No, those are real. Those are stupid. Those are in the movie. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, yeah, I got the butthole thing, and we're good. Eddie. Meanwhile, now, back at the campsite. Eddie finally makes his way back to the four children that he left unsupervised, because he's a fucking super cool dude and a great fucking wolf. camp counselor, only to find that all four of them have been hacked to death with a hatchet. Uh, so, straight up, I don't have anything funny or clever those kids got lumber hacked, but <laughs> dead serious, I pat this movie on the back for ch- killing children. Yeah, so this is uh, deaths 8 through 11. Uh, 7, 8, 9, and 10. Well, you got 1 and 2, and then, yeah. Uh, we'll go over it later. Your numbers are off. No, dude, I'm on it. Yeah, they're off. Because... It's cool. I'll Ju- give it... Judy 6. Would No, Judy 7. Who'd I miss? We'll get to it at the end. Yeah, yeah, But uh, four kids dead, hacked like a motherfucker. And I'm sorry, guys. Apparently, fucking nachos can't count. Hey, what the counts for? Uh, and uh, Eddie doesn't like what he sees here. No, he fucking... He vomits, <laughs> then runs back to the camp for help. Hopefully, and... I never have to see fucking hacked up kid giblets. I'd probably react the same. Well, I wanted to fucking see Eddie again, because I'm telling you right now, he ain't fucking being asked back next year. <laughs> Ricky is now headed over to the dance, finally... Uh, to grab some food as he claims that he's been laying down all night and he missed dinner. On his way back out to With the cabin. With his fucking miscellaneous fistful of candy bars. We, like, see Ronnie getting a phone call about the dead children. And we get, it's like, it's weird here. They, they goofed because Ronnie says three of them, but there were four. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's why your numbers are wrong. Uh, no. Mm-hmm. Your numbers are wrong. Mine are dead on. Dead so, on. Ronnie gets the phone call about the dead kids in the woods, and Mel grabs Ricky and fucking makes him drop his candy bars like a dick. Yeah, it's dick move. And just starts to smack him around like he's fucking Bing Crosby. <laughs> he fucking slaps him, spins him like a top, but you know what it doesn't do? Stop Ricky from talking mad shit, He dude. does, dude. Ricky's got that like, What mouth. the fuck are you doing, you crazy fuck? Fucking shit. And fucking... Ronnie, at the same time, grabs Marie and tells her to gather all the counselors while Mel continues to beat the shit out of fucking Ricky. This had me fucked up. And knocks him unconscious. Because, like, he, you know, he he's on the ground, and then, like, he's not punching him. He's, like, Donkey Kong smashing him into the ground. Yeah. Like, like Smash Brothers. Boom! 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 So, like, I saw it, and then in my head I heard monkey noise. I was like, ooh! Ooh! 
<laughs> just smashing them into the fucking ground. Like the fucking Donkey Kong, like, dun, 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 dun. it's like right. fucking playing in the background. <laughs> Donkey Konga. DK. I like the next part of the scene because Mel realizes that he might have fucked up. He's like, oh, He's like, fucking, like, Ricky's no longer talking shit, and he's like, fuck, I'm out of here. I think I just moited a kid. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking runs for it, ends up on the fucking archery range, and is stopped by someone that he recognizes, and he's like, wait a minute, it was you? How many times have they said that? Uh, Every fucking time. Okay, straight up, this is one of the best practical effects I've ever seen in my life, and I... Because he is then promptly shot through the throat with an arrow. A fucking... yeah, dude, it's it, it's good. It's good. Oh, by the way, death number 11. I used to be the honor of a summer camp until I took an arrow to the neck. <laughs> Thank you. So this is where it really picks up now, right? A lot of shit's been going on. The police arrive at the camp. Oh, you mean Deputy Real Mustache? Dude, yes! I had that fucking here, right? Like, this is the fucking best fake mustache I've ever seen, but we, they give this guy should ex- too many fucking close-ups. We close should ups. explain. Uh, so... It's the same cop from earlier when they're digging up, uh, or when they're fishing out Kenny's body, mm-hmm. and he's the deputy, and he has a legit real mustache. So I guess there were reshoots or something because he's back, and I guess he shaved his mustache off, and this is like the worst fake you mustache. You can like ever. the glue underneath it and on the sides is like right. shining. You can see it. Like you could go get boots and like fucking clip out a chunk of his back you know his fur and then glue it to your face it's gonna look better than this bullshit it's fucking cool though so deputy not real real mustache (laughs) shows up and they're trying to figure out who the killer is so the cops fucking obviously showed up because ronnie called and they tell all the counselors to look for ricky judy paul and angela as no one has seen them in a while well i know where some of them are down at the beach Paul is waiting for Angela when she shows up and tells Paul to take off his clothes as they're going swimming. Paul's like, right now, it's kind of cold. And just like, yes, okay. let's do it. Did you notice Anna's, Angela's starting to look a little uh, fucked up? <laughs> yeah. a, little, uh, a little out there? Well, on the search, the cops find Ricky's beaten ass still alive as another counselor finds Meg's carved up fucking corpse. Yep. Meanwhile... Ronnie and Marie are still looking for the other kids when Ronnie hears singing at the beach. This is when shit starts to get pretty fucking creepy. This is like the last two minutes of the movie, too, and it just, like, sells the whole thing. The two counselors head over to the beach and find Angela naked, holding Paul. Sitting uh, crisscross applesauce. Yeah, when we get another flashback, which explains the whole thing, Aunt Martha is talking to a young Angela, but... It turns out that Angela is actually the one that died with her dad, John. And Aunt Martha was crazy and decided to raise Peter as a girl as she already has a son and decides to call her Angela. I think it means angel. And since she's a doctor, she can fake all these fucking documents and shit, which you don't really get. You just have to assume this is what happens. All right, before we get into this real quick, I want to point this out. Aunt Martha... Uh, her first attire, she's wearing like some crazy she got, like, beret, a beret, and then like uh, some cardigan shorts with knee high. She's a very fun dresser, a snazzy dresser. So now she's wearing a picnic tablecloth getup with like some black and or uh, white and red derby. Irrelevant. Go ahead. And this is where we jump back to the like the fucking flashback ends, and this right here. Oh, my God. We jump back to the camp as Angela jumps up, dropping Paul's severed head that she's been holding. Holy shit. She stands naked, 
open mouth, holding a knife, covered in blood, with a dick hanging for the world to see, exposing her identity as Peter. Ronnie comments that she's a boy, and the camera focuses on her creepy ass face that she's fucking making. It is jarring. As the fucking credits just begin to roll. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen. Oh, oh, by the way. Death number... Yeah, whatever. I, I shut my notes down. Uh, heads up, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is... That was Sleepaway Camp. Man, just... Also? It, yeah, it, let, let's let's tackle how... How bad did that fuck you up the first time you seen it? Man, the, the, it's so good. I got a lot to say. It's not the like dick in the final thing. cuts. But it's the reveal. Man, so cool. What an ending to a movie that really was very fucking slow. Until I that, thought like, it last was. 15 some, I thought this was just going to be some generic ass paint by numbers run of the mill slasher, until they throw you a bone like that. Throw you a bone. But hey, nachos. What's up? Do you want to see a dead body? Let's see a dead. All right, so we've got 13 kills, four of them off screen, despite Nacho's telling me. All right, let me pop my notes back out real quick. Hit your notes. Come on, homie. We're going to do the count here. I'm going to teach you how the numbers work. All right, hot dog. Let's roll. All right, number one, John Baker, killed by speedboat. Uh, And Number two, Angela Baker, killed by speedboat. All right. Number three, Artie, burned with boiling water, then probably died from sepsis or something else in the hospital. I count it as a death. Some people don't. It's a death. He died of infection. <clears throat> Number four, Kenny, drowned in the lake. Uh, hold up. Let me get there. Pussy Slayers. Yeah. Number five, okay. Billy, stung by bees. Number six, Meg, gets her fucking back slit open with a knife. Number seven, Judy, stabbed with the hot curling iron. Wait, hold up. Okay. Yeah, you know what? I didn't count um, the B one. Angela, I'm sorry, campers one through four or eight, nine, ten, and eleven. They get hacked to death with the hatchet. Those four are all off screen. But those fucking... Still counts. Those sleeping bags are fucking mangled and bloody. They're fucking haggard, dude. Number 12 is Mel, shot through the air with the neck. And then 13 is Paul, decapitated. See? Told you I had to count. Uh, Nachos, what was your favorite death? Oh, shit, dude. Um... Man, I'll give it to Kenny. The, the Durana one? Yeah, like, Kenny's... Because really, when you find that body, that's cool. That's a great reveal. Uh, you know what? I'll save that thing I was going to say for the afterthoughts. I go with Judy's death. <clears throat> oh, shit. I it, wanted to go with Paul's, but you don't really see it. Now, you also don't see Judy's, but you get to experience it. Is where you don't get to experience Paul's. You just see the after Yes, effect. you can smell the burnt tilapia <clears throat> somebody brought into the audience with you. <laughs> it smells like you've just been microwaving broccoli and fish. <laughs> um, What's your runner-up? Oh, you just said it. I would say Paul's, yeah. I'd give it to fucking Blisters my kid toucher. Artie's. That special effect is real good. That's fucking... Oh. Those pulsating fucking popping blisters look so cool. I'd love to know how they did that because, like, it's skin tight. Tight like dick skins. <laughs> tight like butthole. Dude, I'll say it. These special effects... This They're real good. What's really cool is that head of Angela screaming... So yeah, let's, that's let's that, that 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 is a mold of her. Mm-hmm. That is not Felissa Rose. Yes, that is Felissa a, Rose does not actually have a penis. Right, this is another dude, and they put that fucking head on his shoulders and filmed it. But it looks put so good because the eyes kind of move like like the shot where she goes inside, like looks in like the mouth, like it looks like a fucking real head. It's really cool. So the dude that did special effects for this movie, I think his name's like Ed French. Yeah. Ed French, um, 
So he did special uh, special effects for another movie. We'll talk about later. So moving on. No, this dude. He only did special effects for a couple of movies, but dude, I think like what? We might be doing it soon. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Gotcha. All right. Okay. Well, it's time for some stuff you should know. <laughs> did you get any trivia for us tonight? Um, I got a few things. Yeah, actually. All right. It's all the special features. You know what? You go ahead and do yours first. You got it. All right. So the movie was shot in early fall, uh, but it was set in midsummer. So the crew had to spray paint brown leaves green uh, along with the grass to kind of keep the continuity, which I thought was pretty funny. <laughs> when casting for the role of Angela, writer-director Robert Hildzik would have the actresses stared wide-eyed and straight ahead while also pretending to eat a candy bar, which is that scene in the ah. first dance. Uh, as a child, uh, the director actually went to the summer camp that was used in the film. And got molested by a fat ginger. <laughs> and uh, lastly, uh, Hiltzik did not know that his sleepaway camp had gained such a devoted following over the years until he was contacted in March of 2000 by sleepawaycampmovies.com, which is still active today. Yep. And uh, he then arranged who they arranged for him to record the commentary for the Anchor Bay DVD. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, that's the trivia that I got. Um, I wanted to mention this earlier. If I don't lose about fifteen pounds, I'm gonna look like the fucking child molesting cook. So that is a great incentive to drop a couple <laughs> lbs, if you know what I'm saying. All right. Uh, unfortunately, no. That's uh, I don't have much trivia for that. All right. Well, then you ready for your final cuts? All right. I got them. All right. Hit me. All right. So I'm gonna start with. Yeah. You know what? Final. Yeah. Okay. All right. So check this shit out. Do you think Ricky knew? Uh, you know what? See, that's a little food for thought. Maybe. Or, I mean, do you think he knew the full details, or he just knew something was up with his cousin? I don't know. That's tough. Because when you get the flashback, like, you see Peter, and his, like, head's all wrapped from the boat accident. Mm Mm-hmm. And he's... And then uh, they even straight up say, it's like, well... Ricky's visiting his father for the summer or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like they play it off. So I, I guess he wouldn't know then. Like they give it to you that he doesn't. And not to sound like a creeper or anything, but I mean they're just kind of twelve ish, starting to hit puberty. So at that point, I you know like a prob- probably Aunt Martha wasn't having a bathe together or anything. Right. I don't know. It's kind of kind of fishy. All right. Do you have a favorite character in this movie? Uh, yeah. Who? Ronnie. Oh, the fucking Jersey Bulge? Dude, he's so nice. Like He's, the he's fucking, real chill, man. He's a fucking thick-ass dude. He's got fucking man packs. His he's clothes are a little too tight. He's got sweet hair. But, uh, like, he's a cool dude, and he's super cool. Like, I got chill. one for you. All right. Do you think uh, fucking Ronnie could beat up Glazer from oh, the burning? Yeah, fuck yeah, dude. What do you mean? Nah, dude. I, I what would... are you so mean, guy? No, I fucking... Glazer's a cool character, but Ronnie beat the shit out of him. Ronnie's fucking huge, dude. He's fucking giant. All right. And now I'm going to fuck your brain up real quick. All right. All right. So I was thinking about this. Here's a twist. All right. So we only see Angela kill one person. Maybe. We don't know. We don't actually see Angela kill Paul. What if... Ricky actually was the killer. You know? 
Well, I think the sequels kind of... Yeah, out. we're not talking about the sequels, because even uh, Richard Herkenberg, or whatever the fuck his name is... Bildzik. Yeah, he has nothing to do with those. They're just taking characters and using Rick Springfield's fucking sister. Rick, you know. It's not Rick Springfield. It's Bruce Springsteen's. Uh, the boss, sorry. Pamela anyway. Springsteen. Yes. Pamela Springsteen plays Angela in the second and third sequels, by the we'll way. We'll get to those. For those that are listening. All right, so... What if, because we know Aunt Martha has a, not a fetish, but always wanted a girl, she says that, Mm -hmm. what if at some point he, or uh, Aunt Martha was dressing Ricky up in dresses and shit, because that's like part of the classic tried and true serial killer MO. Could be. So what if Ricky was actually, we clearly have a scene in the movie where Ricky has a wig on, so. I mean, yeah, I think that scene was just to kind of mislead you. Would you call it a reach? Uh, reach. So what if Aunt Martha's the real villain here and fucked both the kids up? You know? Oh, oh, Martha for fucking sure, dude. Like, there would have been no Angela Peter uh, mm-hmm. if she'd not been like, "I'm gonna raise you as a girl." Right? Do you think there was some genital mutilation going on there? The Aunt Martha fucking caused this whole thing. So she's truly the true villain. Yeah. Uh, hold up. Do everything else. So, no, I'm not saying that Angela wasn't fucked up, too. Hey, Angela, why are you so fucked up? What if they were tag team back again, you know, fucking dicing up and chopping up motherfuckers? Is that all you got? Yeah. Uh, oh, actually, no. Now I have some tasty tidbits. Well, look, oh, my uh, final thoughts. Oh, I'm if, sorry. if you don't mind, sir, I would love to fucking get Finally, mine. your thoughts. Jesus fucking Christ. I, I don't know why you like fucking stepping on my dick during this segment, but this is like your fucking here, here, favorite. It's like a hobby of yours. <laughs> It's like, you're like, you know what I fucking want to do is just fucking interrupt and ruin the fucking last five seconds I, for fucking Cincinnati Jeff. I actually have it in my notes to do that. So yeah, it's okay. I believe it. All right, go I ahead, Mal. Go ahead. Cocksucker. Jesus Christ. My turn? Can I go? Yeah, go can ahead. I? Can I? Can I? Yeah. Can I? Okay. Okay. All right, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so anyway. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I did that last time. I, I apologize. Go ahead. All right. So this is a stellar fucking movie. It's just phenomenal that ending alone fucking makes it worth the watch and it's not that it's a bad movie it's but like i said it's a slow burn and the majority of it is just a bunch of fucking kids being shitty to each other that's like uh, i think the movie's like an hour and 27 minutes long and 40 minutes of it is just fucking kids being shitty then you mix in like all the other stuff it's really cool and it throws it off it really doesn't play it as like a full-blown fucking slasher you don't get a ton of bov shots there's not a lot of stalking going on when the deaths have to happen they happen the fucking killer shows up real quick it's and they're fucking out and that twist ending is right up there but better than like there's not a lot of fucking twist ending movies like they try to play off some things but like happy birthday to me that's got a pretty good twist ending april yeah. fool's day has a fantastic twist ending a lot of people would disagree with you on that well a lot it, of people are fucking dumb Ooh, you hear that dumb people and then there's this fucking movie so nachos what is your rating oh shit dude i give it 10 enormous pots of boiling corn out of 10 <laughs> I give it nine penises out of ten. <laughs> I, I I have one more thing I want to jump in. Hit me. Okay. These are after afterthoughts. <laughs> so, the movie ends with the big reveal of a little secret. It's her dick. And then, cut to credits. It's like, y- you know the cops are here. You should probably try to arrest her or something. Like, 
Maybe we get that closure. I mean, she's not going anywhere. She's fucking straight statued. Uh... Yeah, maybe, yeah, she's in cat- catatomic shock or whatever. But what if she didn't? What if she fucking, like, OG Daffy Duck, woohoo, woohoo, and just fucking tore ass across the lake? It's just like, that lady dude just run on water? I don't know what's happening here. So that's that's just kind of weird to me. It's one of those movies where you don't get proper closure. Um, I guess you could, yeah, I can say that. So, and I watched all the stupid special features. I just want to talk about this real quick. This is so terrible. Hurry up. So, the chick that played Judy, mm-hmm. um, she made a short film called Judy. Yeah, that's the only other credit she's got on IMDb. Yeah, it's really fucking bad. It's like if a cringe could cringe. Now, she does this later in life, right? It's not like when she was Oh, in she the did movie. this about ten years ago. Okay, so she's like an adult. Yes, and then some. Uh, let's just say if you were looking up that category in porno to where she might be, it would definitely be the mature category. <laughs> and the dude that played Ricky has a music video. He's got like a band. Uh, he's got a something. But yes, if so you check own... it out, if you got the Blu-ray. No, don't mm. actually. I'm warning you. Do not watch these. Or is it on the? It's on the Anchor Bay one too. No, I. It's uh. It's do on... you have the Blu-ray or do you have the Anchor Bay DVD? I got the uh, Screen Factory. Okay, this is the one I got. Yeah, I think a lot of those special features are on the on the brewery as well. So that's all we've got. Thank you guys uh, for listening. Uh, make sure we to, doing any plugs. We're doing a couple. Okay, but make sure to check us out on Facebook at Here Comes Spooky, at Instagram at Here Comes the Spooky, and Twitter at Here Comes Spooky. Uh, you can also email us at Here Comes the Spooky at Gmail we want to uh, thank Urban Chestnut for the delicious beer. Uh, they didn't provide it for us. We bought it, but it's fantastic. Uh, we're also drinking some uh, Iron Maiden, the Trooper Premium British beer, which is also pretty fantastic. But I got to be honest, I liked, the, I liked that fucking uh, uh, Urban Chestnut, the uh, Mexican one. Yeah, you more. know what? This is this is the 4.6. This is, Holy shit, it's charged with flavor! I do love me some Eddie, though. It's not, uh, it's not even 6.6. It's, we're drinking fucking... A bush. Right? Yeah. So while you're out there, uh, if you saw us on Instagram, we posted a couple pictures of the beers we were drinking. Uh, if you saw the koozies, check out Destroy the Brain. they got a fantastic podcast. Of course, there's also the Horrible Horror Podcast. We had one of those in there. And while we normally drop a couple hints on the next movie for Episode 9, we're not 100% sure. We've got a list going on here, but... We're trying to plug and bring in the Horrible Horror Boys for our podcast, and we're going to actually leave it up to them. In so, time. In time. We, uh, the next episode will likely feature the Horrible Horror Podcast, and uh, we're going to leave it up to them. But if they can't make it, then instead we're going to do another movie off our Hello Nasties list where you find out why Bigfoot hates penises. So remember, everybody, untie your buddy to a chair and to always stay spooky.